Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the program. My special guest tonight is poet and harmonicist Cliff Bernier. Cliff's ability to combine poetry with the harmonica is without parallel. He's an extraordinarily talented man, so it is an honor to have him with me on the program, and I give you Cliff Bernier. Good evening, Cliff. Good evening. Thank you, Michael. It's an honor to be here. Well, I'm glad. This really, really, really makes me happy. Uh, let's begin this journey, all right? Sure. All right. <laughs> what is poetry to you? Well, to me, uh, poetry is the art of words. Um, the way uh, a painter uses uh, paint, um, that is, uh, color, to express what he wants to say, uh, for me, um, it's words, and it's, 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 it's the art of words. It's, it's um, exploring words to their extreme uh, potentials, um, playing with words, um, finding the, the deepest meanings of words, how they're connected, working on the edge of words, um, expressing something, but um, doing it through the, the art of words. All right, very nice. Why is it important? Why is that important? Well, I think it's important because it's a, a window to the truth. Um, poets speak their truth, um, whether it's an intellectual truth or an emotional truth, um, uh, through words. And um, it's one of the few, uh, I say, um, pristine <laughs> expressions of, uh, of, of truth that, uh, that we have. And um, I think our cultures have needed that, and and we we um, lean on those words um, when we need them. And they, the poets are the the, the best expressors expressors of that truth. I think that a, right. a, a society and a culture needs. You know, I like the yeah. statement that you made. Window to the truth. That really struck a chord with me. I don't know why, but it really did. Uh, <laughs> tell me more about this window. Tell me more about this window. Well, it's, it's um, opening up. Uh, the poet mm-hmm. opens up their, their, their heart and their mind when they write. And um, w- uh, w- without artifice, um, you're uh, making yourself vulnerable and exposing yourself um, and and um, expressing something that needs to be said, and um, mm-hmm. and that uh, you you think uh, other people need to hear or want to hear. All right, all right. You know, as you think about your body of work, what are some of the predominant themes? Well, uh, I I was thinking about this earlier, and um, I think I've gone through four uh, phases in my writing, and. Um, I, I think um, really I, I had stopped writing for a long time. Um, I, I wrote when I was uh, uh, very young and then um, stopped to raise a family and develop, uh, build a career. And when I came back to it after all of that, um, I started writing about foreign places, places I had lived and been and um, experiences there and what I learned. And from that, I moved into jazz poetry. Jazz was uh, my favorite music, um, and um, and I hooked up with the jazz band and began writing for the band and and performing with the band, and and that was the the main thrust for a while. And since uh, poetry for me is also a search for meaning, I got heavily into physics for a while, uh, reading book and I was books and I was writing a lot about physics, trying to figure, figure out the world. 
and that's moved me into the blues, and which is where I am now. And um, mm-hmm. I had also played harmonica from an early age and um, began playing again and began putting them together um, and writing so-called harmonica poems. And that's where I am now. So um, I think all of those things are coming together. Um, but you could say I'm in my blue period right now. All right. All right, Picasso. All right. All right. Uh, (laughs) All right. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you Chris Bernier. Please share a poem. Thank you. So uh, this poem, um, as I mentioned, uh, poetry is also a search for meaning for me. And um, that brings me to origins. A lot of the, my favorite poems um, have to do with the origin of things. This one is, has to do with the origin of the blues. Um, it's called the Cradle of the Blues. And I was fortunate. Um, to, I just got back from the Cradle of the Blues in, uh, in, in Mississippi um, just a couple of weeks ago. So this is um, pretty close to me. Born in the cradle of the blues. Ma Rainey, C.C. Rider, in the cotton fields, by the little river creek, under the rocking sun, made me love you. To the hollers and cries of work songs and tent shows, blackface and drag, Mamie Smith's crazy blues. Memphis Minnie shouting in the street, Bessie Smith walking her man, with your 20 gold coins, bone scraping moan. Cornrows, rabbit foot minstrel songs, black bottom blues, bull weevil blues, chain gang blues, mother of the blues. And she was born in the cradle of the blues. Born in the cradle of the blues, W.C. Handy, by the tracks to Clarksdale, saw a loose jointed Negro plucking notes with a knife going where the southern crossed the dog with the sadness of the ages. Weirdest music I ever heard. With no beginning, no end. Like the ragged sun. Like Charlie Patton and the water rising. Like Sun House hitching up his black pony. Like Howlin' Wolf shaking his ass. Like steamboats and steam whistles. Strong women. Stubborn mules. Memphis blues. Beale Street blues. St. Louis blues. Father of the blues. And he was born in the cradle of the blues. Robert Johnson at the crossroads under the howling sun sold his soul to the devil for a fast guitar in the churning dust to Lucille Bogan's dirty blues, Ida Cox raising cane, jug bands and juke joints, vaudeville and medicine shows to hokum blues, black snake blues, Bessie Smith bleeding on the highway, blind lemon Jefferson bleeds freezing in a blizzard. From a fabulous soil, poisoned by a jealous husband, walking blues, me and the devil blues, hellhound on my trail, from the Delta blues. And they were born in the cradle of the blues. Just need a minute to <laughs> allow it to <laughs> soak, sink in. <laughs> that was amazing. That was absolutely well, amazing. <laughs> Cliff, you. as you think about that particular piece of your work, what was the purpose of it? What is the purpose of that poem? Well, it's to celebrate the the early blues players um, and where they came from and um, some of the, uh, uh, the hardships and the challenges that they faced um, mm. and, to, and, to, and to, you know, bring, bring their names um, into the public um, because they, these are the people who, who shape uh, most of American popular music. Um, everything in popular music goes back to the blues, and that comes out of the uh, – 
the, really the Delta, <laughs> New Orleans and the, and right. the Mississippi Delta. All right. The line, uh, and I'm probably paraphrasing it wrong, but uh, uh, Bessie Smith bleeding on the highway. I caught that. Yeah. Uh, I watched a special on Bessie the other night on YouTube. So <laughs> I really caught that line. <laughs> very powerful, yeah. very powerful. Yeah. Now, how, how does a poem begin for you? With an idea, a form, or an image? Uh, it usually comes from a line that, I, that comes to me in my, in my head. And, and that, can come from, um, that can come from an emotion um, or, or, or something I hear. Um, but the best poems um, write, write themselves from the start. It, it, it's, it's a line that, that I have to write down um, or I'll lose it. Uh, mm. And uh, so it, it's the voice, it's the voice. Um, I guess the voice of the muse, you could say, but um, that's, that's how I work. All right, very nice. Please share another piece. Okay. Um, this one um, is about um, one of the early uh, influential harmonica players, and he was kind of a, a rogue. And uh, so I wanted to capture some of his uh, very uh, colorful life. And actually, when I was down in Mississippi a few weeks ago, um, I was able to um, visit his grave. Um, which was hard to find. I had to uh, drive around town and then finally um, uh, take a chance down a long dirt road on the edge of a cotton field to a very uh, um, rustic graveyard that had no stones um, except for his. Um, mm. Blues players had um, had uh, uh, funded a stone for him, um, and people leave their harmonicas on it, which I did as well. So this is um, called Sonny Boy Williamson II. His real name was Rice Miller. One note bent the world. Move time from 1912 to 1980, from 1912 to 1893 to 1908 to 1899, change names from Alec to Alex to Willie to Rice to Little Boy Blue, from Ford to Miller, Miller to Williamson to Sonny Boy Williamson. <laughs> Already John Lee Curtis Williamson, blowing in Chicago and famous. All the better to be Sunny Boy, the original. There ain't no other. Like a tall tail at a fish fry. Like a shuffle at a juke joint. Like a sharecropper, playing his way out. Chucking cornmeal on the radio. King Biscuit, first black hero of the Deep South. Didn't take crap from nobody. Not Big Joe Williams, not Elmore James, not Robert Johnson stomping country suppers and house parties, saddlebags slapping donkeys at cotton gins, shackled for hanging a white man's mule, squandering his band's money on whiskey, Reverend Blue hoboing the Delta to lonesome trains and screeching whistles. With Robert Nighthawk, Paris with muddy waters and Memphis Slim, torching a rabbit in a percolator, setting his hotel room on fire, stabbing a man on a London street in his harlequin suit and bowler hat, rolled umbrella and attache case, packing his harmonicas, his tunes, his bent note like a baby's wail. <laughs> Home to Mississippi, to Tuckweiler, to a boarding house, he said, spitting coffee and spitting blood into a coffee can for his last gig. All right. You know, I'm sitting here with the biggest smile on my face. I'm thoroughly enjoying just listening to you, listening to your words, listening to the music. Let's go back in time for a second, if that's all right. Sure. All right. What was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Oh. Well, maybe maybe when I first write, started writing and started to get uh, uh, 
attention for the for the poems. Um, well, actually, poetry came out of reading for me. Um, when I was young, um, my family moved overseas, and I didn't have friends, um, so I had books, and I began reading. And when I began reading, uh, I began writing, and it came out as poetry. And I think I'm not even sure I was reading poetry at the time, but that's the way it came out when I started writing. And I think that mm-hmm. that's where the the power of of um, poetry really became. Uh, I, I understood the power of poetry was when I started writing, and and those those and shaping the the, the words into lines and to poems and. Mm-hmm. That that's where the power of the power of words was. All right. So the, the the marriage of the poetry and the harmonica. When did that come about? That came about uh, when I started um, when I started performing, writing, and performing for a jazz band in the early two two thousand. Um, mm-hmm. I picked I uh, I picked up the harmonica again, and. Uh, I wrote a poem about the uh, origins of harmonica, and I um, performed it w- with harmonica. I think it seemed like the natural thing to do was to put them together. And um, and actually, I, there was a, a very uh, accomplished harmonica player in that would perform with the jazz band from time to time, and he would um, he would accompany uh, some of the the tunes um, and the poems with harmonica as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it was in the early 2000s when I started um, um, bringing the poetry to music. Um, All right. To do that. You know, you're the first harmonicist that I've ever had on my program. <laughs> Why the harmonica? <laughs> Tell me about what, what intrigued you about the harmonica. Um, it was uh, during a um, kind of a rough time in college. And um, I was living in, in a, uh, an apartment, and on the first floor, there was a guy who played harmonica with a bluegrass band. And um, the sound just captivated me. Um, mm-hmm. There was something about that, that sound that just uh, resonated with me. And um, so I asked him um, if he could uh, teach me, and he said, I don't think you can teach harmonica. <laughs> But he he, mm. he told me who to listen to, and um, so I bought um, uh, albums: Sonny Boy Williamson, Little Walter, Sonny Sonny um, uh, Perry, and I would sit by the record player and try to imitate them on the harmonica. So I was about twenty at the time, and um, and he, he and that that was how I got started. It was just the, the sound of the instrument, which the closest instrument. Um, sounds most like the human voice, which I guess mm-hmm. fits well with poetry um, um, because it is words. Um, words uh, come from the human voice, and the sound of the harmonica sounds like the human voice to me. You know, I listened to your piece about sanitary today, actually. It's beautiful on YouTube, oh. so that's uh, <laughs> very nice, very nice. <laughs> See, I, I, I do my homework. I do my homework. <laughs> yeah. All right. Favor us before we take a break with one more poem okay. with a musical accompaniment. <laughs> okay. Um, well, this one is um, – I'll do another portrait of a, an early harmonica player. Um, this one is um, Big Walter Horton. He um, from uh, uh, Memphis area, um, moved up to Chicago like a lot of the uh, early players did, um, and um, is one of the most influential harmonica players um, ever. Um, he had a, a, a huge tone and uh, and phrasing um, that that are just um, wonderful. So this one's called um, um, Big Walter Horton. Rest easy, Big Walter, shaky from birth, blowing tin cans on a plantation, 
You were too shy to leave, but you led like a breeze on a cotton field, like a walk into town, like Polly putting the kettle on. Four soft chords surging to silence were like ripening corn, like tall rice, like a country boy in the city. Big heart, big hands, big tone, that big, sweet tone. You purred, cried, and roared like a worried life, like a worried mind, worried, worried. Candy parked to Maxwell Street, muddy waters to Johnny Winter. Your vibrato stirred street corners, dance parties, fish fries, roadhouses, alligator, chess, blind pig, mentored sunny boy, little water, muscle white, mad cats, winnowed notes like a fall harvest. Bent reeds like a summer rain. When you played, the blues fell all over. Rest easy, Big Walter. Everybody's fishing. You know, when you play, you come alive. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure you've heard yeah. that before. I'm sure you've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I usually ask, what is the relationship between a person, a poet's speaking voice and their written voice? But I'm going to ask you, what is the relationship between your written voice and your musical voice? Uh, music has always been very important to me in, in, in poetry, um, and uh, I think uh, well, when I was studying English in school, again, maybe even in high school, there was a book called Sound and Sense that talked about how poetry is sound, the meaning, and then sense, the music of the words. And I think um, the 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 sound part has has always been um, half or more of my poetry. I, I just love the sound of word, of of the sounds that words make together, and um, the alliteration and so on. So it it wasn't, um, I guess, uh, a, a big leap to go from poetry to music because the the rhythm. I always was sort of a rhythmic reader and. Mm-hmm. It, it it found its um, found its way in, into into music, um, and they uh, complement each other. All right, all right. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with the one and only Cliff Bernier. As I shared with you, Cliff, this is a call-in show, and we have a caller that I'd like to bring on me on the line, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Area code two four zero. The first three numbers are three five three. You're on the air with Cliff. Good evening. Good evening, gents. Both of you. How Good are evening. you? <laughs> Well, and yourself? <laughs> I'm doing really Cliff, good. Do you know that voice? <laughs> I'm enjoying Cliff so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lady Di. Cliff, I always, you know I always enjoy your, 
harmonica. <laughs> and your poetry. Yes. You. I, love your, I love your words, your poetry, too. No, thank you. People yeah. can learn from what you write. I feel like you give um, information, great information in well, your poetry. Well, that's... Um, uh, that's, I, um, I'm happy to hear that because I'm learning when I write as well, and I'm, I'm excited to pass on what I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lady Guy. This is a great talent. This is a yes, great he is. Yes, he is. This is a great talent, but also very <laughs> humble about his work, how powerful it really is. I'm hearing that in his voice, the, the humbleness. I hear that. Yeah, that's that's how he is with us with Ron. He's thanking, he's thanking do, so much. Do you have a question for Cliff? A question. Yes, what could well, you ask Cliff? Cliff? I'm not sure that I have a um, question. I was thinking about something as far as Voices of Woodlawn, when he plays his harmonica, um, does he ever think of words that would go along with our program, words that would heighten what we are already speaking, coming from him, coming from a different person? Well, before he answers, tell us, hold on, hold on. Before he answers, tell us about Woodlawn first. Then answer the question. What is Woodlawn? Is that me or Cliff? Either one. Go ahead, Cliff. Um, (laughs) Voices of Woodlawn is is a group of poets um, who wrote about Mm -hmm. their experiences at the the Woodlawn Plantation in Virginia. Um, uh, Three of them are African-American and share their their experiences visiting a plantation, and um, and then I accompany the the program with harmonica, and we've okay. we've performed this um, online um, all over the country actually in the last year plus, mm. and and Lady Di is is one of the poets. All right, very nice. I had an opportunity to attend one of the Zoom sessions, so it was it was fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Mm-hmm. So, to, so, to, so to answer the question, um, I, I think I, I'm when, when it's not words that I I, I want to contribute, um, but I should say that um, that every solo um, tells a story or should tell a story. It's not a, it's not a story in words and it's not an intellectual story, but it's an emotional story. And, and that's what I hope I'm, I'm conveying when I play. It's, it's the story of, of the hardships of, of the slaves and, and, um, and through, um, through music, um, through, through the story that I'm trying to tell um, with the music I'm playing. So in that way, I'm contributing words, but they're not intellectual words. They're emotional words. They're they're musical notes. Very true. Wow. All right. All right. I want to thank you. Your harmonica (laughs) brings a lot of attraction and feelings, more feelings Mm -hmm. than our words Mm -hmm. and attention. so, and that's that's one of the the um, one of the things that attracted me to the harmonica as well because it's the one of the smallest instruments there is. You just put it in your pocket, and it's it's the it's the instrument of um, of, of people of people uh, on the street in the fields. Um, it 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 and and it and it's um, it conveys um, it conveys the feelings of of the people who I, I think, you know, n- have a lot to express. And, and I, it's, the, it's the, um, probably the first instrument that many of the sharecroppers um, on um, that and followed by the guitar um, or, or in concert with the guitar. And so it really speaks to the, the, 
experiences of the plantation. All right. And the, and All right. the enslaved. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Thank you, Lady Di. Thank you for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. All right. Cliff, favor us again. Okay. Um, I'll do another uh, harmonica poem. Um, this one is um, was on a uh, Poetry Against Hunger website that um, uh, curated by Hiram Baru. And um, so it, I had um, Katrina in mind, uh, the, the uh, hurricane and its aftermath when I um, wrote this one. It's about, um, it's called Bacon and Egg Blues. Woke up this morning, got the Bacon and Egg Blues. Woke up this morning, got the Bacon and Egg Blues. Got no bacon, eggs too rotten to use. I'll make some coffee. Sweeten it with milk. I'll make me some coffee. Sweeten it with milk. Milk's gone sour. Got to dump it in the sink. Toast me some bread. Got to get something to eat. Toast me some bread. Got to have something to eat. Bread's all moldy. Couldn't weather the heat. some canned beans. I'll raid the pantry, maybe eat some canned beans. Shelves are empty, no cans to be seen. Woke up this morning, got the bacon and egg blues. Woke up this morning, got the bacon and egg blues. Got no bacon, got nothing to lose. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, when I listen to you, I hear the emotion. I hear the emotion in your uh, words. I hear the emotion in the music. Do you think someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Well, uh, there's every there. I would say there are petri- poets all along the spectrum, um, but I do think that um, the words come out of a, a, a deep emotion, and um, some words for some poets come out more intellectually and some of them come out more emotionally. But I, I think that well there where, where the, the words come from is, is a very deep emotional well. So, yeah, All I, right. think, I think poets are, <laughs> are emotional people. All right. Very nice. You've been in this business for a while. There's writing yep. and <laughs> Does writing energize and or exhaust you? Oh, it, it energizes me. Um, when when a Tell poem me comes to me, when, um, when when a poem comes to me, when I'm working on a poem, it's con- consuming me. As I'm thinking about it all the time, I'm um, thinking about the lines and the words and um, and um, excited. Uh, excited about um, sharing it 
sharing it with people. Um, it, it, it's definitely an energizing experience. Well, you know, speaking of the lines, some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, it's what you can do to correct or improve it. Or others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on it? Well, I would say my um, my process is to to let it flow as much as possible at the start. Um, but it's a little tricky because one word leads to another, and the sound of one word leads to the sound of another word. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got to be careful about how I let it flow. Um, but the intention is to get as much of it out in the, in the moment of inspiration as possible and then um, go back and refine and edit and add and to it. Um, and sometimes the poem is, is really, it's the most important thing for me in writing a poem is the first line. Mm-hmm. And I've, all right. When, when I've got the first line, everything else flows from that. Um, and, and hopefully the best one, the first line is a line that just comes to me um, and I've got to write it down. Um, now, in terms of this first line, how long, I mean, how does that process work? I mean, I don't know what I'm asking here. Um, I like what you're saying about the first line. How do you get to that first line? How do you get to that? And, and well, you know that that's truly what it is. It happens different ways, but often it's like something I've been thinking about um, for a while, and it's like okay, I, I and, and I and I want to, I want to explore it, and I've either either been reading along those lines or thinking about something and and trying to understand it and. And that it all kind of um, builds up into a, a, a bolus of energy that um, that ha- that has to come out, and 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 so, so the the line forms itself. Uh, the, the best ones are, are lines that just form themselves out of the energy that's built up in thinking about something. All right. Okay. Please share another piece. Sure. Um, well, since we're um, doing harmonica poems, I, I'll do this piece. Um, it's a, um, This one was actually recorded by a, a, a Portuguese duo that I that I did some harmonica for, and um, he, uh, the leader, wanted to put one of my poems to music and he did um, and it's on a, an EP that's, co- um, uh, that's called uh, Post-Columbia in America um, from the, the group Accumulated Dust and you can find it was put to a, a video that you can find on YouTube um, and um, it's a, a celebration of um, the rivers of the world um, and the, the various forms of blues in the world, because every culture has a, a kind of blues. Um, and um, beautiful music everywhere. So this is called All the Rivers. All the rivers run to the Mississippi, the Amazon, the Nile, the Yangtze, the Ganges, the Piranhas, the Dows, the Ducks, and the Dead. From Hidaska to the source they come, the Obe, the Euphrates, revolutionaries and reeds, refractions of silt and of self, on longboats and junk, tugboats and rafts, the Lena, the Congo, the Yellow, the Seine. All the rivers run to the Mississippi. Ride the steamers from Dubuque to Davenport, from Hannibal to St. Louis, 
prism of hardship and pain. The Thames, the Mekong, Bifado, Flamenco, Gospel, Spirituals, Bolero, and Tango. From Jackson to Memphis, from Helena to Clarksdale, pour their stories into the Delta, their sorrows into the redemption of song. All the rivers run to the Mississippi. The Volga, the Rhine, Nantaro, Nyabarongo, by headwaters and streams, Morna, Anka, Bossa, and Chant. Hop the battle boats from Rosedale to Greenville, steer the barges from Vicksburg to Baton Rouge, Naxas to New Orleans, a confluence of currents, the Zambezi, the Tagus, the Purus, the Brahma, because all the rivers run to the blues. Wow. <laughs> you know, Cliff, <laughs> all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours, and what makes them great in your eyes? Um, yeah, well, thinking about that, um, I think the um, first, first um, poet who really inspired me was um, William Butler Yeats, and it was the musicality of his of his um, of his writing that really um, uh, really touched me. And then um, Wallace Stevens for his ideas, um, the uh, tension between the imagination and reality. That's been a a big um, a, a, a big intellectual um, issue for me, uh, mm-hmm. you could say. And then. Um, and then Derek Walcott, um, maybe my favorite writer. I just his his language is just so rich and and full, and his um, examination and um, and celebration of culture, especially of the Caribbean, um, are so lush. And um, um, I just I just love his writing. And I, if there was anyone I would like to emulate, it would be him. All right. You know, actually, that's one of my questions. If you had to choose someone to serve as your poetry mentor, who would you choose? Yeah, that would have been Derek Walcott. Um, All right. I did get All to right, meet him Derek. Once. <laughs> um, oh, really? Tell me. Got, tell us about got, it. Tell us about it. <laughs> I was in college. He came and did a reading, and um, and afterwards we ended up. Uh, sitting down in a reception at, on a couch and I got to talk to him for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's just it's so um, uh, starstruck at the time. Um, All right. I can understand. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to be starstruck after I finish this program with you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you have a new Thank fan, you. my friend. You really do. <laughs> They say, Cliff, that to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, musicians, artists, and poets. What do you think emerges naturally from your work? What emerges from you, my friend? What emerges from me? Um, Yes. I I would like to think... uh, and excitement about the world, um, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, and uh, curiosity about the world, um, a love of beauty, um, uh, and the the, the more um, the more I write, and the older I get, I'm, I'm thinking that um, beauty is really um, beauty is truth, and um, mm-hmm. um, I. I I I think in my um, poetic search for meaning and my um, uh, delving into physics, I, I came up with um, the limit to the limits of intellectual our intellectual ability to understand the world and um, music kind of 
um, is a way to understand the world um, without an emotional way to understand the world, not an, because I, I've already I've tried to understand it a little intellectually and I got as far as I could. So um, emotionally I'm now exploring that through music and <laughs> hopefully um, bringing the, the beauty um, that I, that I see um, into the world through music. I mean, there's a lot of pain in it too. And a lot of, um, uh, a lot of hardship and maybe that's why I'm attracted to the blues, but it's, it's also right. a very beautiful, beautiful thing as well. Well, you know, it's funny. It brings up my next question about the world. So much is mm-hmm. happening in our world. The good, the bad, the indifferent. What do you view as being the role of a poet in modern day society? Well, I, I, that goes back to the question of why is, what is poetry and why is poetry important? Yes. And I think it's, it's to speak, um, speak truth to power. It's, mm-hmm. um, poetry is important because it's the, it's the, um, it's the naked voice of the poet, um, and, and the people through the poet and, um, the role of poetry is to, 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 uh, shed light on uh, on the human condition, you know the the um, the successes, the failures, the um, the joys, the heroes, the hypocrisy, the the the, the pain, um, all of those things, and um, through the through the honest expression of what the poet feels um, and thinks, that's. That's that um, gives meaning and inspiration to people who can mm-hmm. resonate with that. Very nice. Uh, Very nice. Okay. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back, if that's okay. Yep. All right. Okay. We are back. I'm here with the phenomenal Cliff Bernier. Question for you, my friend. Do you think you were meant to be a poet? That's the question. Um, that's, that's a good question. I've never really thought of myself as a poet. I've thought of myself as mm. a person who writes, as a, as a person mm. who writes. And I, I, I don't know. It might be because um, maybe I'm very, very uh, traditional in that way. I think the, the 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 term poet is an honorific that somebody gives you. You All don't right. give it to yourself. You don't give it to yourself. It's it's something you earn through your work. And mm-hmm. maybe that could maybe that's kind of like uh, 18th century or something. I don't know. But I've I've always thought of myself as a as a person who writes, and it comes out as poetry, and um, and maybe maybe the 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 music that I'm trying to make is is a another kind of poetry as well. Um, so so uh, um, it's the uh, I, I guess I I think of myself as creative, um, and. Um, and if somebody calls me a poet, I'm I'm very um, flattered and honored. But that's not really how I think about myself. I think of myself as a person who writes and a person who plays the harmonica. <laughs> and, wow, I like that. You know, actually, we could be twins because I agree 100% that that's a title someone else gives you. I like that. Uh, we could be twins, my friends. 
brothers <laughs> from different mothers. We could be yes. twins. <laughs> All right. You know, you've written a number of books. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself writing these books? Anything? Any surprises in terms of writing these books, poetry, chapbooks? Any surprises? Um, well, the way the way the first two happened, um, I was um, gotten back into writing, and I was writing and going to. Um, this was back in the the late '90s and early 2000s, and going to uh, poetry slams and to <laughs> readings and sharing the poems. And um, after a while, they accumulated, and I had um, I had enough to submit for for books and. Um, and two of them were accepted right away. And actually the, the wow. second one that I submitted got published before the first one. Um, so they, they came out about at the same time. And, um, and they, they, both of those that, um, had, had poems mostly about foreign places, places that I lived or, or been to. And, uh, I, I learned that, those uh, places were really um, a formative part of me and, um, and and a big part of my identity. And that's mm-hmm. um, and and I wanted to share those those places with the world. I wanted to share them with with people. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, the it it was a way to to. Um, to collect my uh, my thoughts and find out about myself, and um, I, right. I was um, luck, ha- happy and lucky and happy that I could publish them. Well, let's continue with that that line of thought. If you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Uh, I would say, um, you know, just uh, keep writing. Um, Keep writing. Keep writing. Yeah, that's um, mm-hmm. that's the way you you dig deeper into it and you find out mm-hmm. um, what you like and and how you how you want to write and um, what moves you and what what your process is. Um, all right, and those are all all valuable things. Well, you know, as you think about your work. How important is accessibility? Should one have to work hard to solve a poem? And you you include music in yours, so should one have to work hard to solve a poem? You know, um, I was asked that question recently by someone who who's not a who's an academic, um, and and my first my first uh, reaction is um, accessibility is not really the point um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's you're working as I think of poetry as the art of words so you're exploring words and you 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 you, you go where the words take you mm-hmm. and the, the word you're using those words because they are expressing what you want to express in the best way you think is possible you know you don't want you, you, you don't want somebody to have told Van Gogh to paint like um, like a realist, um, Van Gogh was Van Gogh, and his, his 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 paintings are blurry because that's what he wanted to convey. And so, mm-hmm. accessibility is is really not the point. It's 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 what it, it's what the artist is trying to say, and then the the the, the reader um, needs to to get into the artist's world to to understand what he's trying to say. I, that um, that may be a little selfish, but um, that's all right. I think I think um, I think if you're going to if you're going to um, explore um, explore words, you have to you have to be loyal to the words first. Mm, I like that statement. Be loyal to the words. You know, as you think about your writing, Lady Di said earlier that she views you as being very humble. What I want to know is, has a poem ever humbled or frightened you? And when it happened, what did you do afterwards? 
<laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't pay me any bucks. But <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I wish they did, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've humbled a fr- Yeah, I've, I've been humbled by... <laughs> Most of the poetry I read. Um, um, your own work. But, your own work. Your own work. Oh, of my own, of my own work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there there have been some um, that I, I had. Um, I had trouble with depression in my twenties, and when I try to write about that, um, mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult. I. I almost can't do it, but I have written some mm-hmm. and um, the ones that I've written frighten me. I, I can't hardly mm-hmm. even go back and uh, and read them. Um, it just brings back too much. All right. Um, I can understand that. I really can, more than you know. Please favor us again. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into it tonight. We'll be here all evening. So, <laughs> this is National Mental Health Awareness Month, but <laughs> we're not going to touch that one. Right, so, yeah, yeah, Please share yeah. another poem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I try to keep that one uh, at a distance. Um, yes. Um, so this this will go a little bit. This is from um, one of the first books that I published, um, and it kind of goes into the, my what inspires me. Um, and it's a, a poetry of a foreign place. Um, it's called Baja. Get a little water here. And it's not a harmonica poem. All right. Pitaya and Jola in the Sierra de Juarez landscape the ridge of the Rio San Miguel, the desert reversing the sea. The communion of tamarind and cinnamon on the tongues of arroyos, naming the townships Bahamar, La Salina, Punta Moro, after the sign of the surf. And voice the scroll of the tide in the blue fan palms and the bleached shells of crabs on the black stone beach. In the orchard of Santo Tomas, Allegro, heart bruised like a peach, gathers the fruit. The grapes bunched like a rosary, the pears whipped like candles. The sacrament of orange and wheat in the grove by the ruins of the mission. And reads in the leaves of the valley the book of his faith. Yucca, mesquite, cirio, agave, the salt boughs of the breeze, and the text of his litany on the flecked sea. Under the plums of the moon, I am the laborer. By the strokes of the waves, I harvest these lines, the print of the gull and the piper, the ribbon of fig on the mesa, the ray of the brittle star, brilliant as grace. My hoe is the stalk of a pen, my tablet, the pages of corn. My rows are the swells of the Bahia Descansos, Bahia de Todos Santos, the mass of the dry scrub of Baja, the field of the Providence Sea. Thank you. Absolutely beautiful. You know, writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily to speak a message to their audience. Others write because to stay silent is not an option. Cliff, my friend, why do you write? Why do you continue to write? Why do you continue to do what you do? Because I have something to say. Um, so in my, uh, I, 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 my, my search for my search for meaning continues, and um, mm-hmm. and. In my in my searching, I, I I come I learn things and I I have a need to express them and to share them, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's what compels me to keep writing. All right. It's also, we have time. Also a, okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> continue. <laughs> it's also a way to explore. Um, I mean, it's a way to figure things out. Um, the the there's. Um, discovery in writing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, but very nice. That search for meaning can take you many places, many, many places. Mm-hmm. Meaning-making is so difficult sometimes. <laughs> it really, really is. We have time for one more poem, my friend. Leave us with a bang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's do... Um... All the winds. Okay, we'll do another harmonica poem to end. And get it here. Oh, here it is. Okay, and I'm going to do this one on a 16-hole chromatic harmonica, which is the big harmonica. This is the similar to the um, uh, All the Rivers poem. Um, and it's a celebration of the winds of the world and, a cel- and an ode to the jazz harmonica. And the, the inspiration was for that is that harmonica is played through your breath, which is like the wind. So all the winds, all the winds that ever were <clears throat> blow through this harp. The Scirocco, scorching Africa, the Mistral's storming the Rhone, trade winds charting the Indies, westerlies pumping heat from the horse latitudes to the coast of Capricorn and Cancer, the Pompero on the Pampas, doldrums in the tropics. All the winds that ever were blow through this harp. From the first star, music of the spheres, Aeolus conjuring cyclones, Zephyr foretelling spring, Phaleon summoning the sunlight, twisting tornadoes, rubatos, monsoons and hurricanes, sheer, planetary pressure spiraling squalls, willy-nilly and the dust devils. All the winds that ever were blow through this harp. Spitting, downburst, up-tempo, the polar easterlies, sloping to Dereco, the bees, kissing the Alps, the Buran in Siberia, Rudra surfing the Luz, the jazz that composes life, movement in deep time. All the winds that ever were blow through this harp. Hey, that was great. <laughs> that was great. Simply, simply great. Where can listeners find your work, my friend? Well, I've got. Um, so I guess some of the the um, things I'm I'm most proud of are the what I contributed to the accumulated dust. Um, series and if you search on um, Cliff Bernier Accumulated Dust on YouTube, you can find videos of the uh, the pieces that I contributed to. Um, I have a website also, cliffbernier.com, and it needs to be updated, but there's a lot of stuff there uh, on my poetry and some links to um, uh, uh, music that I've done with, with singers. Um, as well, um, yeah, I guess those um, those are the. Uh, I have um, other things on YouTube as well. Um, 
videos of harmonica poems on a, a YouTube channel, uh, Cliff Bernier YouTube channel, and um, and there's um, I'm, I've been um, performing on the street in Old Town Alexandria, and there are some clips there of um, of, the, of performance performances I've done. So those are the main areas. You know, it's funny when I watched one of your clips of your performing on the streets. I said, "That's the kind of man I could be a friend with," because he's out there among the people. <laughs> exactly, he's out there among the people, and uh, well, that really touched me. Well, thank you. I'm glad I'm, you're one of the few who understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, all right. That's all right. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> what's next for you, my friend? Where do you go from here? What big plans do you have? What's what's coming up? Well, I just keep um, um, uh, performing. I've been um, playing more and more harmonica, and um, what mm-hmm. I envision is um, integrating the harmonica with poetry more and more, um, and um, and doing more. Um, uh, I'll continue street performing. Um, there are some um, recordings that are, are coming out. Um, I did a, uh, uh, I did some harmonica backup for a video that um, poet Hiram LaRue just put out of his selected poems. And I've got some more um, projects in the pipeline with uh, my friends in Portugal. Oh, wow. So hopefully looking forward to that. Right. Very nice. Well, I'd like to thank you for being my guest tonight and sharing your gift with the world, my friend. I really, really appreciate it. And I want you to come back um, soon, and we'll think of another program where you can come on and just share your work. No questions, just share your work. I'd love that. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm honored and flattered, and I would I would love to. All right, all right. Well, thank you again. I'd like to say to our listening audience, we had a treat tonight. Um, Savor it. Look up Cliff Bernier. He's the man. All right? (laughs) So as I share with you every week, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everybody. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.